Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Soil Searching, the Soil Recruitment Podcast, where I search for loads of interesting and valuable insights for my listeners. Now, today I have a very special guest, Catherine Heileman, the founder of The Salary Coach, and we'll be discussing loads of psychology challenges and strategies of job seeking. But I think this will be relevant to everybody as well. So, Catherine, maybe without further ado, Tell us a bit about yourself and the salary coach. Oh, thanks. So thanks very much for inviting me. What I, I love your the name of your podcast, oh, Soul you. Searching. It's really it really resonates with me. So thank you. Thank you. I'm I love I love playing on words. Yeah. And that's always something that's been in my head. That little catchphrase. So as soon as I started a podcast, I thought that's the name. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> So, a little bit about me, I guess, um, you know, I've had a, a long career, over 30 years in the corporate sector, and, um, and it was a really, really very successful career that I had working in organisational development, um, typically, and with large multinational companies. There are lots of brands that I have worked with. And a few years ago, um, I came to a crossroad in my career as a result of my role being made redundant. Uh-huh. And that gave me a really wonderful opportunity to sit back and think about what it was um, that I wanted to do next. And um, at the time, I had a a terrific executive coach. And she said to me one day, halfway through my coaching program with her, she goes, what do you want? Wow. What do you want? And I kind of looked at her as if to say, what do I want? (laughs) And I knew what the answer was. And really what she was asking me to do was to draw a line in the sand around what I wanted. So to stop dancing around the ideas that were floating around in my head. And so I went home that day and I registered a proprietary limited company. Wow. And I decided on two brands, um, Heileman Coaching and now the Salary Coach, which is the the main um, business. So what is the salary coach? The salary coach is all about really helping people get connected to who they are, how they show up at work, and the value that they provide, and then translating that into something that they are able to negotiate outcomes with. So obviously salary is a very tangible outcome to a negotiation, um, but it might be a performance review. How am I going with my performance review? How am I going through the interview process for a job? So how do I negotiate through that? Internal or external. This is true, internal or external. And um, we work with people who are being outplaced. We We work with people who are looking for a new job inside, outside, same job, same company, new job with a new company. Um, We work with people at career crossroads who come to us independently as well as with organisations. And that's what the salary coach is all about. Fantastic. Um, So Catherine, what do you feel are the main challenges then for job seekers in this market? I think, um, and we were having a conversation before around supply and demand Absolutely. in the market. Yep. I think what's really important in any market, whether it be a hot or cold market for candidates, is how you differentiate yourself from your competition. Yep. And that shows up in different ways. So one of the ways that that shows up in, um, with is around how you 
really quantify what it is that you bring to the table as an employee or to use a, a term I picked up a few years ago, an employable asset. Right. So if you think of yourself as an asset to an organization, what is it that you bring to that organization? And how do you communicate that in a way that the bosses, the team members, the, you know, the main players who are in your world really understand um, who you are and how you show up? Because if you get attached to the value that you provide as an employable asset, that also then translates through to when you're applying for new jobs, um, when you're going through interviews and you're being made an offer, you feel a lot more confident in yourself. You're not shying away yeah. from the things that you think that they might not want to hear or you know, you've, you've learnt how to handle those difficult um, conversations. And actually really own your space. So differentiating yourself from the market, I think, is pretty important in that way. Um, one of the challenges I think that candidates have, and you, you know, you would see this all the time, Definitely. is do people take the questions literally when they go to a job interview? Yeah. So when you show up for a job interview, it, it is never the question that they're asking you. There's a lot more that they're looking for underneath the hood of the way you respond to those questions. Absolutely. Particularly when you're dealing with behavioural-based questions. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> and even if they're not behavioural-based questions, I think it's a good idea to assume that you're going to be presented with lots and lots of those sorts of questions so that you can prepare the way you respond. And, and I had this um, amazing client came to me, early stage um, engineer in right. Rolling Stock last year. And he was looking for a promotion and he had looked at all of the questions that might be asked of him. So he'd done a lot of research, but this young gentleman was really um, what I would call gnashing his teeth over what it was that um, was gonna be asked and how he was gonna respond. And he was thinking that he might need to have 25 different responses. He was early stage career, three years in, and he had mapped out all of the responses and so what I did is I took him through this process around how to respond to those questions and the fact that if you respond with a scenario you can play to the things that they might also be looking for so how do you work as a team yeah. how do you lead do you show any signs of being adaptable are you a problem solver uh -huh. all of the sorts of things that weave you into being a really employable asset yeah. So the questions are never the literal question. Um, there's a lot more to it. And so really preparing for worst case scenario yep. and having your examples set up in a way that you can respond to those questions um, in a really thoughtful and pragmatic way, I think is um, something that candidates can do to help them stand out from the competition. Absolutely, and I always actually tell my candidates, better to be over-prepared than under-prepared. Prepare to the hilt, role play, yes. talk to yourself for a few days, and even if you only get asked one question that you've prepared, you'll be able, you'll be much more confident in the way you articulate your story and how you execute the answer, and you'll come across it a totally different way than if you didn't prepare. That's right. So I can't stress that enough. Yeah, absolutely. And we work in a really fast-moving environment at the moment. So if anybody, you know, any of the listeners have read any of the articles around what's going on in the market these days with change. We are going through the fastest rate of change 
in history. Wow. And the and it's driven by IT, Absolutely. which is where you play. Absolutely. And your candidates <laughs> play and your clients play. So it's really rapid fire. And so changes the norm. It's yeah. happening all day, every day, and we've got all these amazing new tactics around agile and so on and so forth in the play in the in the marketplace. But being able to adapt, I think, is a real challenge for candidates in the marketplace. Yeah. Being able to be um, flexible. On, yeah, flexible on the front foot. So you may come out of uni with a software engineering degree. But that's very broad. What kind of software is it going to be? How are you going to work with that? Do you do you follow a traditional career path, which was, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early noughties, yeah. which is a linear path of I'm only ever going to be that one thing? Yeah. Or do I see myself morphing into different places, especially as the market demands different things? Because yeah. the nature of work is changing so dramatically that being a, a single thing or having a world view of yourself as a thing or a job, yeah. it can be very limiting. And I would really encourage people to think about that and think about, I've got these amazing technical skills, i.e. my IT skills, yeah. but what are my transferable capabilities? And what I mean by that is, um, and it's really coined in, have you heard of this thing called the capability capability equation? No, I don't think I have. You haven't? Yeah. Well. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll share if you like. <laughs> the capability equation it goes like this. Skills plus experience equals capability. Right. You are competent the moment you get your driver's license and hit the road for the first time. Yeah. So I'm a competent driver. I've got my license and I can prove it. Right. So you get out there. After you've been driving for a number of years, and you've experienced slippery roads, um, wet roads, yeah. cars cutting in front of you. No lights. No lights, <laughs> um, you know, foggy conditions, dirt roads, the whole bit. Yeah. When you've experienced that and been able to drive through that, yeah. then you're capable because you're going to be able to draw on that wonderful toolkit of experience which translates into your capability. Gotcha. Okay. And there are a number of sources that you can read. McKinsey talk about it. IBM certainly talked about T-shaped skills. But when we talk about um, transferable capabilities, it's the stuff that sits across the top of your technical skills. If you think of a T, yep. your um, vertical are your technical skills. So I'm a software engineer. I program in Java. I'm a project manager. I'm a sales person. I'm a marketing person. The stuff that sits across your tea are your transferable capabilities. So I'm really, really good at spotting an opportunity, coming up with a solution, putting it before the board, and getting them to buy into it, yep. and we're, get, we're getting going. I'm really adaptable, I'm really flexible, I work with teams really well, I lead, and this of course is stuff I've mentioned before, but those transferable capabilities are considered, considered knowledge worker. Yeah skills yeah and that's really interesting as well because they say that these in this day and age people change vocations seven or eight times in their life that's right so that's very relevant here so your transferable yep. stuff 
is what will help you change your vocation six or seven times. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But be mindful of that you've got that in your kit bag, I yeah. think is pretty important. And self-awareness is a huge um, asset in this respect. You know, We really have yeah. to do an internal audit of ourselves. What are we good at? What do we need to develop? That's and it. If we understand ourselves, you know, we can really grow. If we don't, and we and we and we shy away from going internal and doing that analysis, you know, the our potential is stunted. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. That's right. And we have we humans suffer from what I call the human condition. It's not a negativity, not a negative thing at all. But we're often a little bit shy about being open about what we actually have in our kit bag yeah. and being able to access that and own it absolutely i think is really helpful for candidates definitely that's fantastic yeah. i mean we've kind of covered you know some of the um strategies to overcome challenges but are there any particular tactics that you for job seekers that you you know, want, want to highlight any if there's a, one or two tact, tactics that you really drill down with every person you see that the kind of umbrella tactics. That yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Owning your own space is something I think is really important. I know it sounds lofty, yeah, but really be proud of who you are and what it is that you bring to the table. Yeah. So, what value you have. And actually identifying your value is more difficult because people think of themselves, you know, I I don't know how you see resumes, (laughs) a number that I have seen with clients come to me, they they have like essentially a job description in there. They're a list of things. And so the person's not shining in there. So when I say own your space, I mean really feel like it's, and know that it's okay to put some of yourself into your resume. Yes, I love that. You want to put your soul into it. Yeah, because you know, own it. Yeah, it's, it's you. Own the process. Own the journey. Yeah. Put your soul into it because then that will transfer, and people will know who they're hiring. You know, much to to a deeper extent than just someone who's role playing. That's right. Yep. And it's never just your resume. Yeah, hundred percent. Your resume is the first touch that people have of you. Yeah. And so owning your space is about being really proud of who you are and what you've got in your kit bag and the value you bring to the table to an employer or a potential employer. And that sets you up, if you're really well equipped at that that point, sets you up for when you do go for interviews and you go through that whole life cycle of getting a new job or getting a promotion. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you really believe what's on that piece of paper, and can speak to it really easily, yep. then it means that that, that job hunting pro- process, I think, is going to be a whole lot easier. So owning your space is one tip. Great. Um, don't wait for something to be done for you. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, sitting back and waiting to see if someone's going to knock on the door to give you a job or, I mean, you know, it's great when people do come yeah, to you, yeah. but it doesn't always happen. Um, take, take responsibility and be accountable for, yeah. for where you are and what you're doing, and definitely in your work as much as it is around job hunting. So take it, stopping the waiting game yeah. and being really active 
is I think a tip that I definitely give people often. Beautiful. It's kind of um, it's in in it's negating that sense of entitlement and knowing that you have to go out there and get it. You know, as we say, it's not about the resume; it's about marketing yourself. Yes. And you have to go out there, and make the first step, make yourself marketable. Yes. Do the internal analysis and go out and get it. Yeah. It's not about waiting. It's not going to come to you. Yeah. Well, so that's a really good point because when candidates hear the word sales and marketing, if they don't work in sales and marketing, they cringe. Yes. <laughs> and I had a client who came to see me who started off with, I just want you to know I don't do sales and marketing. Yes. I went, okay. And they're a business optimization person. And, um, and, really pretty awesome at what they do by all accounts and we worked through the process that they follow when they are engaging with clients and after about 15 minutes of conversation I said to them I said so what is it that you think the difference is between you and a salesperson and they were like looked at me blankly as if to say <laughs> I thought I already told you I'm not a sales and marketing type <laughs> don't don't have this conversation with me uh-huh. and um, I said so no really what do you think the difference is and they were not able to label it mm-hmm. and I said the only difference between you who is very technical very business process very optimization focused the only difference between you and a sales or marketing person is you're not asking for the order yep. because every time you engage with a customer a client, uh, whatever, for a project, you are scoping that project out, coming up with some solutions. Yeah, uncovering needs. Uncovering needs, that's right. Asking questions. Absolutely. Questions are some of the most powerful things we have in yes, our toolkit. Yes, they are. And they transcend sales, marketing, Definitely. coaching, Definitely. into all realms of work. Absolutely. I always say questions are everything. Intelligent questioning builds trust, builds confidence, builds respect. Yeah. It's, it, questions are incredibly powerful. They really, really are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, would, I, I really encourage people to think broadly about who they are and not, yeah, not, nar- not narrow it down too much. And own the journey. A great phrase that came out of our last chat was, job seeking is a journey of self-discovery. Yes. I love that. That's right, because you do you learn a lot yeah. as you go through it. Absolutely, yeah. And you go, oh well, I went to that interview and that I liked this bit about it, and I didn't like that bit about it. So being yeah. reflective, because that's a part of a, the way you go through a journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have to also delve into our past and our experiences and yes. what brought us to this point and where we want to go from here. Exactly, and so for people who are career changing, they need to and definitely do. Um, turn on a dime and what I mean by turning on a dime is that you know you may have been in um, maybe worked in um, say the hospitality industry whether you're in IT or wherever you might have been in hospitality and you're moving into a new industry and let's say for argument's sake you're moving into IT so those people in hospitality who are trying to transcend into IT are probably going oh well I just you know I work in hospitality and you know we do logistics for room bookings and whatever it happens to be how how do I how do I 
talk to somebody about being in IT. Yeah. That's where your transferable capabilities come in. Absolutely. Because you can turn on a dime and turn that story around so that people can see the links between what you've been working with yeah. and on in a completely unrelated industry Absolutely. and how that would work in IT Absolutely. or in banking or in Absolutely. wherever. And I always say you've got to hire for attitude and aptitude, not always the precise thing that you're hiring for. You can always train a skill. That's right. But the rest is not as easy to train. That's right. So if you hire for attitude and aptitude and capability yeah. in, in that sense, then you know, you're getting a much more well-rounded candidate. And that's why transferable skills are so important. That's right. That's it. And so it stops being a thing to yeah. being something. Perfect. Beautiful. And so where does the uh, salary coach come in? Where does coaching and, you know, how, how do you take them through the process and what's your, what's your formula when you work with a new person? Oh, the formula. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to know what the formula is. It's what I call hearts and minds change. Right, right. And what I mean by that is um, when people come to see me, they've obviously got a particular dilemma. Yep. And as a coach, what we do is we ask a lot of questions. Yep, right. When it comes to job hunting, when it comes to, you know, how do I put my best foot forward? How do I get a pay rise? I take people through a framework around really understanding who they are and how they show up and work yep. and what value they have. And we really, really work a lot on that. So there's a whole lot of stuff around self-perception, how people perceive you, yep. how, you know, what are people saying about you. And we turn that into the story of whoever. And then what we do is we work around what are the market dynamics, what do you know about the politics, where are you at, what's the market doing in your area, and we start to frame up a, um, a game plan. So if it's somebody looking for a career change, the game plan is all about the piece of paper that talks about more about the person and having a sense of the person in it than things that they want to list. Yeah and that story so that they can get an elevator pitch together. So people often say, so what's your elevator pitch? <laughs> well, you won't know your elevator pitch until you really belong sure. and own your resume Absolutely. and how you show up in those jobs. Um, so career, people looking for career help, I take them through this whole process that begins with a piece of paper, but actually goes all the way through that life cycle of how do you go through interviews, how do you respond to the most difficult questions, what do you do if someone says, have you got kids? Mm, yeah. Because we know that that's... Yeah. Or are you going to have kids? Yeah. Oh, planning to have kids? Yeah, you're planning to have children. Because people do still sneak those questions yeah, in. Yeah, they do. So how do you bravely deal with that kind exactly. of stuff? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, at the, of course, at the very end of that process, whether it be career coaching or pure salary coaching, how do you have that negotiation? So all of the preparation, the things that are really important in pre preparing for any negotiation. Yep. Having all of the scenarios covered, thinking through all of the stuff that people are likely to say or may may want to say and how you're going to respond to that, yep. how you hold your ground, Absolutely. how you read what's going on in the room, yep. uh, is the person receptive, 
to what you're saying. Yeah, free body language. This is right. Yeah. Do they look like they need more time? All of those things. So from a negotiation point of view, I teach people how to go through negotiation without it being personal and trying to make it as least adversarial as possible. Okay, great. So that it's a, a, a conversation of um, what are your needs, what are my needs, and coming to... Yeah trying to get them to get to a point where they are really happy to really negotiate with you and you both walk away feeling yeah. good about what just happened. Exactly, it's a win-win. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a plan. Yeah. You've got a plan. So that's, um, that's in a nutshell, but it's yeah. hearts and minds. If you don't believe it and you don't have that awareness of what you are doing that shows up as real value, then... A straight negotiation for salary is it's it's very difficult because it means that you will not be in as good a position um, as you could be to respond and drive home what it is that you're looking for. Yeah, and I can imagine that people come to you with loads with loads of different circumstances and loads of different um, aims. So the frequency in which you see them or work with them is going to be different as well. Yes, you might meet with someone for one one or two sessions or you might be with them for a month or two is this is right this is right it just depends on the situation yeah exactly so with salary coaching often there's a very um short time frame yeah. they like they really need help they want it now i try yeah. to encourage people to come a bit sooner in the curve yeah. <laughs> because we're doing we're doing catch up at that point yeah. you know i've got a promotion they're going to give me an offer any day what do i do yeah. <laughs> we do a strategy session for people like that yeah. um <laughs> We've, so yeah, the time frames can, can uh, differ, but sometimes people will come for extended periods of time. They might come for six months yeah. because they're really not sure about where they want to go and what they want to do. And so it really is very, very individual. Um, and it's always based on what their need is and we work as a team to work through the dilemmas that they're facing. It's always a team. Because if they don't have somebody in their camp right behind them going, yes, this is good, um, then, you know, it, it's, it's difficult for them. I actually had a client call me yesterday and said, I've got to talk to you tomorrow morning. Is it okay if we have a phone conversation? Right. I, and um, I went, yeah, sure. So we had a conversation this morning because the company is going through a merger and acquisition. They're considered talent didn't get the job offer that they were hoping to get, don't know what the future is looking like, and they are looking for clarity. And so we had a half an hour on the phone talking about a strategy or the various strategies that they could employ to set themselves up for that conversation yep. next week. And we're gonna have another phone conversation on Monday okay. to close that out, another half an hour just to go, okay, you've had three days to work on this, where are you at? Yep. And we work through the scenarios so that when they go in and have that meeting with the CEO of a very large organisation, um, they're in the best possible position they can be. And it doesn't have to be a CEO level, it's any level. Absolutely. It's the, the psychology is the same. The psychology, the psychology is, is the, the same. Because you know, someone at sea level or someone at a lower level, this uh, this outcome or this uh, negotiation is as important to both of them in the same respect. 
It is. And you know, often organizations don't set their leaders up to have these conversations. And so they don't train them. It's you kind of learn through experience. And if you're a, a new leader and you're fronting into somebody who's coming and asking, and let's face it, young people ask, um, for things a bit more readily than yep. people who are a little bit older, yep. uh, but they may not necessarily do it with finesse, yep. which yeah. is where you know <laughs> coaching comes in Absolutely. because let's polish those edges yep. a little bit. How we, how we frame things is very important. And how we frame, how we how we present <laughs> ourselves, and how we frame the situation, how yes. we introduce the situation, can almost be the be all and end all already. It can be. Yep. That's it can exactly be the make or break. The setup. Yep. The setup of the the whole conversation. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I work with people around those sorts of things too. So, as I said, it doesn't have to be C level. It can be a, yep. a, you know, a new leader and their person coming to them saying, you know, I'd like to negotiate this, or I want to talk to you about my performance review. And yep. I'd like to look for a new job in the company. How do you have that conversation? Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Do any, does anybody ever come to you and say, I want to change roles? How do I go about that? Mm. I want to cha- totally change roles within the same organisation. Actually, I've got a couple of clients with a large construction company at the moment who I'm coaching, and they both ask me the same question right. independently, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course, because yeah. what goes on with the coach is sure. it's a cone of silence. Yeah. Um, but the cliff notes to that are yeah, there are ways. So I really encourage people to be as open. As they feel they can be. Have a conversation with your boss, perhaps, and say, look, I'm not thinking about moving right now, but it's kind of on my mind because I've been here for three years or however long, and I was really wondering what the opportunities might be within said organisation. Who might I talk to? What programmes are available? Um, What do you think? Who do you think I could talk to? So those sort of, you know, really sort of, not aggressive, but really quite calm conversations around what next, um, I think it can be really helpful. And then I just say to them, look, if your organisation doesn't have any programmes, then seek people out and say, could I come and have an interest interview with you? Can I buy you a coffee? I'd love to know what a day in the life of being an IT recruiter is all about. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to know this. Yeah. And start to build those relationships. And then, of course, networking is very important because you can actually have those conversations quite casually. Yes. um, If you're working on your network. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that gives the the listeners some really great insights into the psychology of asking for anything, psychology of job seeking, the psychology of salary negotiations. And I'd love, um, I'd love to have another discussion with Catherine in the future. So I thought maybe if anybody out there would love to get some more clarification on particular angles, please do let us know, because then we can try and tailor another podcast just for you, uh, for those particular questions. So um, is there anything that you wanted to add? Catherine, before we finish off? I just want to say thank you. This has been amazing. Um, You know, it's always great to have a chat with you because we're, you know, we're in similar kinds of industries. You are the one who's pairing candidates up with potential employers and I'm the one who's helping people 
Absolutely. to be ready. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point because recruiters, you know, we don't have the time and the resources to really go down that preparation path with candidates. Yeah. So a, 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 someone like Catherine is a fantastic person to do that pre-work with you and preparation. You know, because by the time you get to the recruiter, it's almost like stage two. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, right. um, you know, we have to look at the whole journey as a holistic journey and um, and really go through that learning process and that growth process and that journey of self-discovery um, to really achieve what we want to achieve. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's great. So thank you. Thank you Oh, my much. pleasure. Well, thank you. This has been a great podcast. And to all the listeners out there, we um, hope you enjoyed that and it gives you lots of great tips. And we'll see you very soon.